0: Praise the Lord hallelujah 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 New Testament hallelujah that gives you a clue if you don't know where the, where the New Testament is now you should get on our website we have a, a teaching series entitled how to Study the Bible it's on it's actually online video and I believe there's coursework on, on the, the website. And uh, it's worth everybody going through it if you've never gone through that, how to study the Bible, because the Bible is laid out in a, in a specific way, and uh, it's not meant to be confusing. It's meant to be uh, easy for us to understand, and uh, we need to be able to go through it and know the difference between, um, you know, Job and Joel and, and uh, the Gospel of John versus 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And, you know, these things are pretty important. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 1. Let's read just that one verse tonight. Ready, read. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ. So your strength is going to come from grace. So be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Tonight I want to talk on the subject powered by grace. Powered by grace. Father God, tonight thank you for the word we're about to receive. I thank you for each hearer, each listener, everyone who's tuned in tonight to receive the word of God. I pray that God you give us uh, uh, this, this, uh, this experience with you in the word that God every hindrance that the enemy might set up is removed even now. That Father, that there'll be no fogginess in the mind, there'll be no cloudiness in the soul, oh God that we may have, Lord, free ability to receive the word of God. Let the word of God have free course and be glorified among the people. Give me divine utterance to speak the things that I hear you say. Give me divine unction to move out on whatever you tell me to do, Father. And I think you that your people tonight will have hearing ears, seeing eyes, and receiving hearts, that as the word of God goes forth, it falls upon good ground and produces in our lives that which is sent to produce, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I'm powered by grace. powered by grace. Powered by grace. Now, we've been talking from um, Genesis chapter 1, 27 28. I'm just doing a little review because it's been a whole week. And in a week, you can forget a lot of stuff, particularly if you're not going back and reviewing the messages or if you're not meditating on it. Uh, you need to review to make sure we're all up to speed tonight. Amen. So Genesis 1:27, 28, where God says, you know, the Bible says God created man in His own image, and in His own image, male and female, created them. Male and female, just two. <laughs> I heard one one very very popular preacher uh, try to. He said that he doesn't know why God only made two. He said if he was if he was God, he might have created other varieties. Good good thing you're not God, pastor. Because God fully intended to make what he made. And if God thought that something else would have been needful, he would have made something else. But he made exactly what was needful. Because anything else would not have allowed you to be fruitful and multiply, which is what verse 8 says. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, fill fill it, subdue it. Replenish, I I use the word replenish, it's fill here in New King James. And subdue and then have, have dominion so we said that God gave the blessing now remember the blessing don't put it on the screen uh, media what is the blessing what is that good. good good the power of God the power of God to produce heaven on earth Amen. Power, I like that power of God to produce heaven on earth hallelujah power of God. Now we want to be technical. I said the power of God given to man. But we know if he gives it, he didn't give it to dogs. He blessed man. So it's the power of God to produce heaven on earth. And we said when the blessing is given, the blessing releases something called what? Grace, which is God's ability. It's God's ability, right? So we are talking and focusing on the last several weeks on this issue of, or this force—I really should call it—called grace, which is divine enablement. It is the ability of God, and I've been telling you how grace covers our humanity with divinity and does what else? Makes the impossible possible. Makes the imp. My wife got it that time though. No. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's see. All right. Okay. Huh? That's what. Okay. What's, yours is mine. Was mine is yours. That's what my brother said. Praise the Lord. So Ephesians 4.7 says that to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Ephesians four seven. To each of us, grace was given according to the measure of. Christ. Let me take my hand in my pocket because y'all are watching me. <laughs> okay. Let's focus on the word here. So to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So this ability gift that was released by the blessing, all of us have it. How many believers do I have here tonight? You're born again. So if you're a believer, you have this ability gift from the Lord. Amen? So we've been teaching on three components of this grace. Divine ability, come on. Divine wisdom. And what else? All right, so divine ability. I told you that grace puts God's ability on top of your ability. Right? Grace, grace clothes your uh, humanity with His divinity. It makes what what was impossible possible. Grace makes you bigger than what you are. Hallelujah! You remember David over in 1 Samuel seventeen? Remember King King David? Well, before it was King David. Any of y'all young people remember David King in the First Samuel? Read the story. It's it's, it's phenomenal. In First Samuel, it's a true story. First Samuel 17, how David was there and uh, they, uh, Goliath was out there, and he's he's just selling wolf tickets all day long. Forty days he's selling wolf tickets to the children of Israel, talking about how he gonna you know, kill him and all that kind of stuff. And nobody would move. Everybody's scared. These covenant folk are scared. David shows up. His dad sends him on assignment to do something. And so this presents a divine opportunity that God has set up for him to now step into something greater. And he gets there, and uh, he says, I'll go beat him. I'll go whip him. And, And Saul, King Saul, who's operating in humanity, who's lost that grace, By 1 Samuel 17, Saul has already lost that grace. It's been lifted. He's been disobedient. And so he's operating purely in humanity now, and he looks over at David and says, David, he says, I think it's verse 33, he says, David, you are not able to go out against this Philistine. This man tells David, you are not able. And that's what men will tell you. People will tell you, they always want to bring up what you're not able to do. Because they're looking at you and your height or you and your weight or you and your skin color or you at your you and your gender or you and your educational ability or you and what neighborhood you grew up in and all that kind of stuff. And they'll tell you what you are not able to do. And they, that's what he was doing. Looking at David, he said, you're not able, he said, for you're only a youth. But but David began to recount how many, I remember I preached about that, how he had encountered lions and bears not just a lion and a bear. He had encountered lions and bears. And he said, he said, the Lord was with me, and he delivered me from the hands of the lion and the bear. And he said, the Lord will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So he was, he was counting on the fact that the Lord was with him. And if, because he knew that the Lord was with him, there was an ability that Goliath couldn't see and Saul couldn't see and nobody else could see. There was something on him that would get that would make him able to do what he could not do on his own. So what did David do? He ran down, to, you know, they, they tried to put this armor on him. He refused that because it, it didn't, it said this, this doesn't work. I've not tried this stuff. I've never tried this. I'm gonna I'm go with what I've tried. I'm gonna go with what I've used. See, you hear preachers all talking about, well, he didn't put it on because it didn't fit. The Bible never said it didn't fit. He said, "He said, I've not, I've not tested these before. I'm going to go with what I've tested. I'm going to go with what's always worked, and that's been the grace of God. I'm going to go with what I know. And so when he went with what he knew, the Bible says he, he ran down to the brook, and what did he get? How many? Five? Five is the number... Of grace, I'm gonna get this grace working. Come on, just so happened to get five? No, I think not. Five smooth stones. He said, "I'm gonna go with this." He, he got, he got a slingshot. Now, this, this is, here's a toy for David. You know, boys with slingshots, man, they shooting lizards and shooting, you know, shooting that birds. That's what they're they are doing. Then they don't go out there and fight against a, a giant with a with a slingshot. That's not what they do. But he, it's it's work for him. You know, he's been shooting everything else. And he said, I'm gonna get these smooth stone, these stones out here from this from this uh this 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 creek or this river, whatever it is. And he gets them. And and the Bible says he took one. one. Y'all missed it. One. How many did he take? One. That's one. He gathered how many? But how many did it take? One. It only took one to accomplish a job because it was a grace one. Right. Which meant that he had more than he needed. Right. Are you following me? When you operate in grace, God always gives you more than you need. And so it wasn't about his ability. It was about God's ability on top, ability on top of his ability. And he got the job done, right? So then we talked about wisdom, wisdom, divine wisdom, or what we call divine know-how. So God makes wisdom available to us, divine know-how, right? Yes, sir. And uh, I told you this, This gave you this statement, I, it bears repeating. The exercising ability without wisdom always will always waste energy. Right. Exercising ability without wisdom will always waste energy, and God does not want us to waste energy. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says the dull axe requires more energy, but wisdom brings success. Yes. Remember that? Yes. If the axe is dull, the edge is dull. Then you got to use more strength, but wisdom brings success. So, in other words, wisdom is sharpening your axe, sharpening your edge. You got Somebody got to get this here. In, in business or whatever you're doing, you need wisdom. Is sharpening your edge. Hallelujah. You ever heard anybody say, "I'm not, not the sharpest knife in the, knife in the drawer"? <laughs> well, you don't have to be the. Uh, I don't say that by myself. But you don't have to be the sharpest knife in the, in the drawer intellectually. Because wisdom from God is not intellect. It's divine know-how. It's God telling you something that you may, never, may not have ever gone to school for. Or even if you went to school for it, that's, that's one thing. The Information is one thing. But wisdom is another thing. See, knowledge is one thing. People say, well, knowledge is power. No, wisdom is power. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, uh, get get wisdom, get understanding, but in all all you are getting, get understanding, right? So wisdom, though, is the principal thing. So if you get wisdom, divine know-how, it it supersedes knowledge or lack thereof. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 3.10, we looked at this a couple times here while Paul talked about he said, according to, to the grace that was uh, of God upon me, he says, as a wise master builder. Yes. Remember that, a wise master builder, that word wise, the Greek word, sophos, meaning to form, forming the best plans and using the best means for the execution. Forming the best plans and using the best means for the execution. So we could, we could say then that grace will save you time, it'll save you money, and it'll save you effort. So if, if grace saves you time and grace saves you money and grace saves you effort, then you, can you accomplish more then? Yes. Yes. How many of y'all would like to accomplish more? Oh my God, yes. Come on, what, I'm talking about whatever field, whatever area, whatever thing God has called you to, whatever he's graced you to, you want to accomplish more, then you want to do it everything by grace. By, grace. That's right. grace. by his wisdom that'll give you the best plan and the best means to execute that plan because then you save time You save money and you save effort, which means you're going to accomplish more, right? If you can do everything you're doing in 40% of the time because you didn't do something else. Okay, well, praise God. Hallelujah. So then we start talking about last week, divine energy, divine energy. And we we preached on last week, taught on switching to renewable energy. Energy, switching to renewable energy. And we were basing it from this scripture we were in, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Uh, we actually went 1 through 7 last week where Paul tells Timothy, you know, to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And he says, all the things that you've heard from me among men and witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will all be able to teach others also. So we see that uh, Paul is giving Timothy the responsibility of training people. So you're going to need some grace to train people. You're going to need some strength to train people. Ain't nobody ever had to train anybody, teach anybody. You flight leaders, you're training, and people who are teaching in in church or teaching wherever you are, you need need grace to do what you do. Amen? Hallelujah. If you're you're working in children's ministry, you better have some grace to be training those kids. Because we're not just passing out lollipops, right? Huh? Huh? You're supposed to be training the next generation. Not just doing coloring books. Hallelujah. You need grace to do everything that you're doing. Amen? Amen. All right. So he says this is what you do. Then verse 3 says you must therefore, uh, therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier. Right? So he's going to deal with some hardship. Then he says no one engaged in warfare entangles himself, so on and so forth. So he's going to have some warfare. Then he says in verse 5, Anyone who competes in athletics, he's not crowned, so on and so forth. So he's he's equate him now to a an, an, a competitive athlete, right? Then he talks about a verse six, the hardworking farmer. So he's saying you gotta you gotta plow, right? You plow in hope. The one who plows plows in hope. Plowing is hard. Work hard. Farming is hard work, right? I'm glad I never had to do it in the physical but I do it in the spiritual every week. Me preaching to you is hard work. I'm farming. I've got, I'm have got. i working every Sunday and every Wednesday, every time we come together, I'm trying to plow up cloudy fields. I'm trying to plow up uh, <laughs> these fields that are hard, hard from life, hard from despair, hard from broken hearts, and hard from all kind of depression, and hard from all anxiety, hard from the world crushing you. Are from bad teaching and bad revelation you've had in the past. I gotta preach through all that. I gotta plow in hope. Y'all ain't saying anything. We you talk about me, I'm talking about you. You didn't come here all good ground. <laughs> Some of us still aren't good ground in certain areas. Right? We got to keep working that ground. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So so it, I need grace to do it. I don't know if you can tell. Sometimes I just want to quit in the middle of the message. I just want I want to take my message and go home. Like, a you know, the basketball court. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we need grace. Amen. And so Paul told Timothy that he needed that. So what he's telling Timothy now, if you know about Timothy, Timothy is a very young man. Right. In fact, another place Paul told Timothy, he said, Let no one despise your youth, but be thou, be an example to the flock. That's right. You know, in purity and chastity and, and faith and all that kind of good stuff. So he says, so we know Paul uh, that Timothy is a young man. Right. So he could look at, Paul could look at Timothy and say, Well, you're a young man, you're energetic, you're strong. And you know you can just just plow ahead, just do this work, man. We don't, we're going to use these young legs. But Paul says, no, I, I'm aware of something that even in your youth, your youthful energy is not enough to do the assignment God has given you. You need something greater than yourself. That's why he told him in verse one, uh, he said, "Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace." That is in Christ Jesus. Yes, sir. Glory to God. So you won't burn out. Remember, Isaiah, let's put up Isaiah 48. I'm sorry, Isaiah 40 and verse 28 to 31. Remember we saw this last week? Yes, Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Yes, it says, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the, uni- of, the, of the ends of the earth, rather, neither faints nor is weary. So our God doesn't faint or get weary. Oh, <laughs> Come on. Come on. See, you got it. Yeah. God doesn't faint or get weary. He he is actually the source. So if he's a source of the strength, then we know he never gets weary or he never faints. Then it says his understanding is what? Unsearchable. Keep going, verse 20, 29. He gives power, come on, to the weak and to those who have no might, he does what? Now watch this, all the people who want to want, operate on their own strength. Even the youths, so remember Paul's telling Timothy, listen, you, uh, you're a young man, but don't rely on your youth. Because even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. So youthfulness does not guarantee longevity. Youthfulness does not guarantee endurance. Youthfulness does not guarantee that you're going to have stamina to, and to make it. You know, you, you might, you know, if you got there running around, the, run, running around the, the park with your grandchild, your grandchild might outrun you in the park. Right? And you just go sit out, sit down on a bench and feed the squirrels and just watch them and just whatever. Hallelujah. But eventually, guess what? Even that child. You can wear them out. Yes, you can. You get the frisbee. You stand, just throw the frisbee. Go get it. They get running. Right. Eventually, they're gonna they're gonna faint and be weary, and they're gonna utterly fall. But those, verse thirty-one, who wait on the Lord shall do what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So if we if we wait on God, we're not gonna be weary, we're not gonna faint. Now, even youths will do that. Youths will faint and be weary, young men will utterly fall. But if we wait on the Lord, that means that there's something that we must get when we wait on him that does not come through youthfulness. Thank God, He renews our youth as the eagles. But the renewing of our youth as the eagles doesn't mean, you know, we lose our, you know, you lose your crow's feet, and you know, all of a sudden you you don't you're not wrinkled anymore, and all that kind of stuff. You can still have those outward signs of age, but be new on the inside. I, I watch a guy like Brother Kenneth Copeland, who's about eighty-five now, or something like that eighty five years old, he's he's preaching more now than he than he did twenty and thirty years ago. And looks good doing it. How? That's not that's not just natural. There's something you have to tap into. Something that God that God uh, gives you that gives you uh, energy beyond your natural energy. Now, go back to the beginning of verse 31, because I want you to see that again, because it gave us the qualifier for this renewable uh, strength. He says, but those who wait on the Lord shall do what? So if we wait on him, which means I don't just jump out in my youthful zeal. I don't just do anything in my youthful exuberance. I wait on him. I wait. uh, Jesus told, told the disciples in Luke 24, he says, I want you to go down to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait until you be in due with power from on high. I want you to go. Now y'all can go. Remember, he he had already Thank you, Lord. Jesus had already in John 21 breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. I'm going to come over here. In John 21, he had already breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. But in Luke 24, he says, okay, I've already released this to you, but I want you to go there to Jerusalem and wait until you be endued, endowed, which means clothed with power. Not just a feeling, not just goosebumps, but until you're walking around robed in something. In other words, I don't want you to to just have a spiritual burst, a spiritual just uh, um, rush. I want you to have something that you walk in every single day. So go and wait until you be indue with power. They that wait on the Lord, they that wait on Him, don't just jump out there on your own. Don't don't just get married on your own. On. Don't just go to school on your own. Yes, don't go start the business just on your own. On. Wait on the Lord. Because when you wait on him, you're going to renew your strength. That word renew, I, I gave it to you. Remember, that, that word renew uh, meant, it was, a, it was a Greek, the Hebrew word uh, uh, call off, which means to pass on or away, pass through, pass by, go through, grow up, change. To go on from, to change, substitute, alter, change for better, renew. So you're changing the energy source from your natural energy. To a renewable energy because your natural energy will expire. You will get exhausted. Hallelujah. 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 You will get exhausted. When y'all go home tonight, you're gonna probably go to sleep. Yep, you ever seen little kids? The little kids that are two and three years old, and you tell them to take a nap, and they just. Kids, kids, are... take take a nap, take a nap, Abby. I don't want to take a nap. Just, just, just jumping around, now. I'm not taking a nap. Sit down. I don't want to do that. Just... Lay down. No, 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 no. Right? Because they're they're full of this energy. But you give them enough time. Now what happens, you cross over 30, 40. People now wake you up from a nap. Hey, hey. Nobody got to make you take one. They got to make you get up. Hey, hey. What you doing? Oh, you napping again? Oh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we need something different, right? Right. Now, so we talked about renewable energy. Then, renewable. That's one of the big words we hear in this whole. You know, across this globalist thing is this renewable energy, wind and solar and all the different energies that people, you know, trying to make you buy electric cars and all that kind of good stuff. And um, renewable energy is God's desire for every believer. Renewable energy is God's desire for every believer. For who? Every now, let's look at Ephesians 3, 14 through 16. Ephesians 3. 14 through 16. Hallelujah. Jesus napped, didn't he? Right, in Mark chapter 4. He said, let's go to the other side. And uh, they found him in the middle of a storm. Went and found Jesus Christ. Where was he? Sleep. He didn't say he was napping. It said he was asleep. He was, he was slept. He was so slept he didn't feel a storm. Everybody don't make it out. Oh, well, no, that's because he was God, and he was not. He was slept. You can be that sleep where you don't hear nothing. Oh, no, he was, he was at peace, total peace. Maybe he was, but he was exhausted. He had, you got to remember in those stories, uh, before that, he had ministered to people to thousands and thousands of people. The Bible says they will come, multitudes, and he laid hands on all of them. When you're laying hands on them, you're, you're exerting a strength. You're, you're releasing something. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? When she came and she reached and touched him with his garment? The Bible says he felt virtue go out of him. Virtue is strength. He felt to go out of him. Are y'all seeing that? All right, Ephesians three fourteen through 16. Paul says this, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named here's the prayer request that he would grant you according to what the riches, of his glory. the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be what strengthened, strengthened with what might. by his through his spirit in in the what? Inner man. inner man. The inner man is the real you. It's, the, it's your real engine. Thank you, Holy Spirit. D- doesn't your Bible say that a man's spirit will sustain him in sickness? King James will sustain his infirmity? Yes, sir. So that means that what happens in your inner man and your spirit will have an effect on your physical body. That, that it is much more important what's going on in your spirit than what's going on in your physical body. I am not telling you to neglect your physical body. What I'm saying is, but for sure, don't neglect your inner man. Because what's going on in your inner man carries more weight than what happens in your outer man. Yes. Hallelujah. I think it's the, I try, try to quote it. Bible says bottled exercise profits little, so there's, there's profit from bottled exercise, but righteousness profits all things. So in other words, what happens in your inner man is more um, important than what's going on, because what happens in your inner man will affect the rest of who you are. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you getting this here? Yes, sir. So he says, I want my prayer for you is that God would strengthen you with might through his spirit in the inner man. So notice the strength that you get, this might that you get, does not manifest in the outer man. Come on, man, Come on, man and see what happens is if you sit here waiting to feel this strength, you'll miss it. Well, this is this is right from heaven. If you sit there and wait to feel it before you move out, you'll miss it. It's all by faith. You're strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. So it happens there first. So you know it, you you, you, you receive it in the inner man, and then as you go. As you go. Now you'll begin to sense it in the outer man. Because the outer man, even though at times the outer man may, may begin to feel the fatigue or the feel the frustration, the inner man was still, no, no, no mm-mm. a man's spirit sustains him. Y'all missing it. A man's spirit sustains him. A man's spirit sustains him. My, I'm sustained by my spirit. I, 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 don't, I don't feel like anything out here, but, but my spirit sustains me. Are y'all getting this here? That's why it's so important that you and I uh, spend time on focusing on the inner man. Hallelujah. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it, for the issues of life, your heart, your inner man. everything It's on the inside. It's, everything's from the inside out. Are y'all getting anything out of this tonight? Okay, so, so notice he says, he says, be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner Man. All right. Now, I want to go to um, the, the New Living Translation of verse 16. The New Living Translation of verse 16, and then I'll come and show you something else here. So, Ephesians three sixteen from the New Living Translation, all right, which is similar to the Living Bible. I think the New, the New Living Translation actually comes from the Living Bible. Yeah. All right. So, Look at what it says. I pray. Can you read it with me? Yes, I pray that from his glorious, come on, Limited. unlimited resources. He will empower you inner strength through his spirit. This is so big, ladies and gentlemen. And I remember we read early in Isaiah 40, verse, I think it was 28, that. God neither faints or 29 I think it was. He neither faints nor is he weary. He neither faints nor is he weary. He neither faints nor is he weary. So we see here that he has unlimited resources. God has unlimited resources. Go back to go back to Ephesians 3:16, New Living. He has unlimited resources. And so Paul's prayer is that God would strengthen us from God's uh, from his unlimited, his glorious, unlimited resources. Unlimited means inexhaustible, boundless, no end to it. That means as much as you want, you can tap into it, you can get it. Um, I, th- I think it's the book of Zechariah the prophet, which talks about, uh, don't quote me on that, don't quote me on that. The Bible talks about these olive trees and these candlesticks. The candelabra. But it talks about how the, the prophecy was that the candelabra, the end time candelabra was tied to the olive tree. Meaning the implication of it was is that You know, candles can burn out. You lose the oil. The the lamps, rather, they can burn out. But it's tied to the olive tree, which means it has unlimited resources. And this is what you and I perceive that we are tied to the unlimited resource, to the unlimited source being God. So, Paul's prayer is that. From his unlimited, glorious, unlimited resources, he will then do what? Empower you, us, with what? Yes, inner strength yes, through his spirit. Yes, Did you find it? 4. Yes, Zechariah four. Ze- Zechariah 4? Yeah, Zechariah four. So we don't we don't turn to it. This is so I was right. Zechariah. It, it's the prophecy there about that. So 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 there, there's an inner strength that you and I are supposed to operate in that's renewable. As long as we stay connected, we never run out. Glory to God. Now I want you to go back to Ephesians 3, 16 in the New King James. Ephesians 3, 16, New King James. Again, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. This word might is the Greek word Dunamis, dunamis, rather. We've seen it. Now, if you look at how it's spelled, it looks like the word dynamic or dynamite. Y'all know what dynamite is, right? <laughs> dynamite, dynamic, powerful, explosive. They use dynamite to, to uh, uh, create passageways through mountains. Right. It's that powerful. It's that it's that potent. Even uh, one stick of dynamite. If you watch enough enough uh um Roadrunner and Wally Coyote, you know how powerful. Anybody old enough remember Road Runner, Wally Coyote as little kids? Acme was always getting him. I don't know if he was delivering with the UPS or whatever he was doing. We got enough dynamite he was make I mean making a mess, right? And so this dunamis, which means strength, power, ability, he said, I want you to be strengthened with that. Strengthened with strength, power, and ability through his spirit in your inner man. So there's a strength, a power, and an ability that comes from God that resides in your inner man. Now, we know it's grace. Grace is the ability of God. Grace is the ability of God. And he said, when you get that on the inside of you, you have a source of power, an explosive source of power. You might read in that uh, dunamis, you'll see about miracle-working power. You see all that in in the concordance. But even miracles are a result of grace gifts. They're They're all grace gifts. If you walk in any one of the fivefold ministry, if you walk in anything of the government administration ministry, if you do in, any of, of the things like uh, laying on hands, casting out devils, all the things that we do, they're all grace gifts. Right. The nine gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Um, Um, now let's go, stay in the same chapter, Ephesians 3, and go down to verse 20. I guarantee if you've been around any kind of church, good church, you've heard Ephesians 3.20. Because this word might, dunamis. It's the same word used in Ephesians 3.20. Yes. How many of y'all ever heard of Ephesians 3.20? Yes. Yes. You can probably quote it by heart. Now unto him was able to do exceeding bundle above all we can ask or think quoted by the work of it. Okay. Look at what it says. Now unto him. Now this now, verse 20, he's finishing this prayer that we started in verse 14. He's telling them, him, I'm praying for you. And the prayer, the prayer technically starts in verse 16. My prayer for you is that you be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. I want you to have some power in your inner man. I'm praying you have power, grace, ability, strength, might in your inner man. Now he closes out here in verse 20 and says, now, this is his benediction. Now to him who is able to do what? Exceedingly, come on, abundantly abundantly Above all that we ask or think, now watch this, it's according to that power is the same word that we just saw as might in verse 16. I don't just mean coming from the same word, it's the same word, meaning it's the same power. The power in verse 20 was prayed for in verse 16. Oh, y'all, come on, come on, keep up, up, stay up, stay up. The power we talk about in verse 20 is the power that was released from verse 16. So when he says, I pray that you'll be strengthened with might by his spirit or through his spirit in your inner man, now he says, now to him who is now able, now to him who is able. See, before you get this strength inside, he's not able. Wait, wait, please, please, please. What do you mean God's not able? I'm not talking about God's ability, um, but it's talking about now who, to him who's able to do it according to what's in you. So he can do anything. But we're talking about what he can do in you through you is based on what you have in you. God already proved he can do anything. Before you and I were ever formed, He showed how He can create the earth and and finish the earth and the whole and the sun and the moon and the stars and all the planets and the universe and all the asteroids, all the comets, all the meteorites, and everything God did. He already showed He can He can form trees and and birds and and be, He can do all that. I'm not talking about that. But what he can do now through his divine creation, which is you and me, he says, it is according to the power that works in us. So that power is the power that's released in verse 16. So people who go around quoting and singing and preaching verse 20 without understanding verse 16, uh, you can't. Your inner man got to be strong. He's not able because you said it. He's able because something's in you. And notice that when this power is in you, what he can do? Exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. Now, now listen. There, in other words, in your natural there's only so much you can ask or think. Y'all missing it. There's only so much in the natural with our little finite minds that we can think. But he's saying, if you let me release this grace, which is a divine ability, a divine wisdom, and a divine energy in you, now you'll think thoughts you never thought before. The Bible says that God gave Solomon. Y'all know Solomon, King Solomon, wealthiest man never lived. The Bible says God gave Solomon largeness of heart. You look it up. God gave Solomon largeness of heart, which meant that God gave Solomon the ability to think beyond natural thinking. It It means Solomon thought of stuff David never thought of. He thought of stuff other kings in there have never thought of. Yes, all of a sudden, he started flowing in a wisdom that was so far out of this world. People would travel all over the world to go and sit at his feet and hear what he got to say. Yes, sir. The Queen of Sheba came and began to ask him hard questions, and he just answered every one of them. It's easy. This stuff easy. Not because of school. Was not school? It's the grace of God operating on his life. It's everything in the grace, Miss Hattie. Are are y'all seeing this here? So now to him who is able. Give me the uh, Amplified class on that real quick. I think the Amplified puts a little uh, clause in that first line, if I remember correctly. Yeah, now to him who by inconsequence of. That's all I want you to see. In consequence of. So he's because of what happened in you, now to him. In other words, if you don't let this grace fill you, this power, strength, and ability from God fill you, you will limit God's ability to operate in your life. In Psalm, in Psalm 78, I think it's around verse 41 or so, the Bible talks about, says that that they, the children of Israel, they limited the Holy One of Israel. How, how do you limit the Holy One of Israel? How how do you put a limit on God? It's because your mind, if your mind doesn't receive the fullness of God's grace, your heart doesn't receive it. Then you you want to let yourself think on God's level. You won't let yourself think beyond your natural ability. I'm only going to do what I think I'm able to do. I'm only going to think what I'm able what I think I'm able to accomplish. So I won't let myself dream, dream or vision, vision. I'll, I'll block God's vision in my own life. I, I'll, I'll discount God's own dreams in my life. Yes. Oh, my but once I allow and be a recipient of this grace, right. whew, then now to him who by inconsequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do so and so, so forth. Now, that's, that's, if, if I get his grace, All of a sudden, I'm I'm, I'm another man. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Now, go back to to the uh, New King James Version. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to what? The power. the power, that's that that Greek word dunamis, that works in us. That works in us. So notice this power works in us. It did not just say the power sits in us. In us, the power works in us. This strength, might, and ability—the Bible says—is working in us. It's working in us. Now, this Greek, this word "works" comes from a Greek word. Listen to what it says: "energeo." E n e r g e o, energio or actually, it's pronounced "energeo," Energio, inner or "energeo." The the G is a hard G. Energeo, where we get the word energy or energize, energetic. So this power works in us, or we could say this power energizes us. See, we're powered by grace. You see buses now right down the street here in the Bay Area, PSTA buses, and they all put on the side, powered by natural gas. Or People put on their website, you know, powered by so-and-so. Everybody wants to, wants to let you know what's powering their machines or what's powering their equipment. And God wants, His, wants the world to know that you and I are powered by grace. What makes you go? I'm powered by grace. What makes you so successful? I'm powered by grace. How do you last this long in ministry? I'm powered by grace. How are you still in that marriage that should have been broken apart? I'm powered by grace. How you ain't killed them children yet? I'm powered by grace. I was, I was thinking this morning, on my, way, on my way here to prayer this morning, one day, one day I'm going to preach a message entitled, What to do with bad children. What do you, what do, you do when you have bad children? Because some folks just have bad children. Bad children. Not, not, none, none of y'all, none of y'all. But it's people that have bad children. And why you ain't killed them yet is because you're powered by something. Why you had not lost your mind yet? Why you're not run down yet? It's because you're powered by grace. This grace, this power, this strength, this ability, it, the Bible says, energizes you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You can have a, a, a device. Uh, my, my key fob here to my car, um, I got a, one day I was getting in the car last week and uh, on, the, on the dashboard it said uh, low battery. The car tells me that my battery and my key fob is getting low. So what I do is, I don't wait till the thing goes dead. Be stuck somewhere, and my wife be stuck somewhere, no. No, we're gonna, I'm gonna change the battery out because the, the, the key fob doesn't work without the energy source. The, the, the battery energizes the key fob. The grace is what energizes us. Are, are you catching that? I, I, I'm, let me make, sorry, make, make that more clear. I don't just mean gives you more energy. It's what makes you go. In other words, you can't go without it. Remember when you were a kid and your parents or some auntie who was crazy bought you some wonderful remote control something and didn't give you any batteries? Bought you a remote control car, remote control boat, remote control whatever, walkie talkies or whatever, and oh, I bought you got brand new walkie talkies. Good, good. Nothing, nothing. What you didn't get any batteries and everybody was closed on Christmas. Not back in the day. Walgreens open now. But back in the day, Walgreens was not open on Christmas. So even though you had this wonderful, wonderful gift, you had a wonderful, wonderful gift, you had a wonderful, wonderful gift, you had a wonderful, wonderful gift, but without the energy to energize it, the gift was useless. And you can have wonderful, wonderful gifts, and wonderful, wonderful talents, and wonderful, wonderful abilities, and wonderful, wonderful ability and skills. But if God doesn't give you, if you don't receive the energy to wor- to work it, to energize it, it is useless. And you will you'll be you 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 will be, you'll, 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 you'll be taking taking a skill saw and trying to trying to saw with a skill saw. Somebody all know what I'm talking about. I, I heard a story. Tell a story about this man. One day, he went out and he he had been he had been uh, uh, chopping down trees and you know with an axe and everything. And, uh, and uh, he had one of those one of those saws. You, you saw with the tree. And one day, the people said, "Hey, man, why don't you try this this new device we have here?" And it was a, a chainsaw. And he said, "Okay." He, he said, "You'll you'll work so much faster, man. You can cut down ten trees to to the one you're trying to cut down in a day." He said, "Okay, I will take it." He went to took, took the thing. Took the, took the chainsaw and he's there at the, the trees and trying to chop the trees down, <laughs> cut the trees with with the with the chainsaw, and nothing would work. Nothing would work. Finally, it just he he finally got frustrated. Took the thing back, wrapped it back up, took it back to the store and said, "Hey, take this thing back." They said, "What's wrong with it?" He said, "This thing doesn't work. It won't cut through the trees at all." They said, "What you mean it won't cut through the trees? It's, it's a brand new brand new chainsaw. It won't work." And the, and they, they said, he's, "Well, let me let me see it." The owner took the thing back and started up the man jumped back and said whoa whoa what was that he said that's I turned it on you started it the man didn't know that there was an energy that made it go he had a chainsaw still trying to cut it like a regular saw and if you don't let God's grace energize you You can be a great singer, a great, a great orator, a great, a great, you you can think you're a great mama and a great daddy, but if you don't have the grace of God working in your life, you're going to be using more effort trying to make it work. This grace, this power energizes us. What's energizing you? That's the question. What is energizing you? Is it natural energy, or is it supernatural energy? To answer this question, it really depends. Are you doing things you desire, or are you doing things that in your purpose? Because if it's only your desire, then it's only your energy. But if it's God's purpose for you, he will strengthen you with might by his spirit in your inner man, which will make him able to do exceeding a bundle above all you can ask or think because his power is energizing you. See, if it's only natural... If it's only what you want to do you you can operate on on listen to this on adrenaline or grace. I was listening to the other day uh my son our, our son he plays uh baseball and um he's um, he's he wants to develop you know which you should everybody should want to develop whatever you do am I right about it and so he said said dad i he said i want to know." We were riding the car one day. He said, Dad, I want to know how to tap into grace for baseball. He said, "How? because, you know, I've been preaching on tap into grace. He said, how do I tap into this grace? And I said, well, you know, we, by faith we stand, you know, you access grace by faith and so forth. I said, but you know what? I'm going to connect you to somebody who can really talk about this. And that was us. Y'all remember Pastor Elizabeth who came here a few months back? And she, I remember she had talked to me one day about tapping into grace for sports, that she, she learned this and trained uh, their son how to do this. In fact, um, if you all know uh, Pastor Elizabeth, she and her husband, are, are they were track stars. They still hold uh, state records to this day for, for running. They, they, both of them and their son, who they trained, uh, just got inducted into the Kentucky Hall uh, State Hall of Fame. Wow. Their records still stand to this day. And so I don't know if this is the same son because they have two sons. One, one of the sons, they, uh, he, was, he's a, he was a soccer player, and she talked to him about how to tap into grace for soccer. You yeah. yeah. see, because if we, if, we, if we limit grace to only ushering. And don't realize grace is the power of God available to us for every area of our lives. They will miss it. And, uh, and so I connected them. And so he sat, we arranged a call, and he sat with her on the phone. And so I, I listened the whole time. I want to I hear, and I want to learn. And I remember her talking to him, telling him the difference between adrenaline and grace. That in the natural, people are taught to tap into adrenaline. Adrenaline is the, that chemical that floods through your body from your adrenal glands. And adrenaline, you can get in an a, a adrenaline rush. It, they, they call it the, the fight or flight, you know, reaction or whatever, um, response. That that when, you know, you ever seen the stories where uh, some lady, uh, a car was on her child or something, and she lifted a car miraculously. Well, what, what does that is this adrenaline rush that your body will produce this adrenaline from your, from your adrenal glands, but it'll rush it to the point that it'll, it'll increase the size of your blood vessels. It'll send strength, I mean, strength to your, to your muscles. Everything just, all oh, happens at, a, at one time. And you get this, this seemingly supernatural, but it's, it's, a, it's an above normal strength that you can have. In sports, the adrenaline of being at that plate or getting ready to just shoot that basketball. Whatever you're going to do, there's an adrenaline that's, that's, that's natural. The problem with adrenaline is that it runs out. It, it's, 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 only, it's only a spurt. Or it only lasts during the, the length of time that you're in that, that, that stress is there. In fact, I was read, doing some reading about this today. That whole, that whole, if anybody ever has anxiety attacks in here, um, it's adrenaline. You do do the research. Adrenaline is what's it's what's being released through your body. People who have these anxiety attacks at night, it's adrenaline, and they said many of the causes of it is being on your phone before you go to bed, watching TV before you go to bed. all these things that you that our minds we let our minds get on as opposed to meditating on the word of God before we go to bed. Because your, your brain records all these things, and your brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not. So your brain will cause these responses, even in your, in your night. That's right. That's right. This is going to help somebody online. It may not help you, but somebody online is getting getting a hold of this here. It's adrenaline. So adrenaline can, can have positive results in that it can help you out of a sick situation. But one of the effects of adrenaline, y'all want to hear of the effects of adrenaline? Uh, when, you, when you get too much adrenaline around your system it also leads to something called cortisol which makes you fat. Y'all don't want to hear that part. <laughs> Y'all you don't want to hear that. And, and many of us might need to say that's the reason why I'm fat. It's all these adrenaline responses I'm getting. I need to shut down adrenaline and get over on grace. Serious? Look it up. Look, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating the least bit. <laughs> so you have to know how to not operate on adrenaline, but operate on grace. I, don't, I hope I didn't offend anybody, I? So adrenaline gives you temporary rush, a burst of energy. But grace will power you all the way through. Grace will power you. <coughs> Remember Isaiah 40, 30 to 31. Even the youth shall faint. Young men will utterly fall, but they that wait on the Lord, come on. up with like eagles. run and not weary. They shall walk and not faint. Well just you don't you're not trying to get this youthful adrenaline rush to do stuff. So. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I I take a few more minutes? All right. So whatever it is you and I are doing, we want to draw our strength from grace and not from even natural resources. And definitely not artificial resources. See, some people want to want to do caffeine right, to to, to get their energy. The problem with that is that caffeine dehydrates you, depletes you of the resource that you need to fuel your body. And it creates other issues. So everybody, you know, what's the things, Monster. I'm thinking like you're the monster. I don't know five hours. Five hours is a little small. But people, these kids walking around with these monster drinks. Right. Yeah. <coughs> yep. I mean, they're taking such huge quantities of caffeine in their bodies. Kids! Yeah. See, what they're trying to do is they're trying to find a, an energy source right. and don't know they can tap into race. Hearts, hearts, messing up, hearts racing. In fact, you go back even about about adrenaline. You see the after effects of that—that that your hearts race and everything gets out of rhythm. Oh, this adrenaline rushes in your body, and then you crash. Amphetamines, y'all ever heard of amphetamines? Speed. People trying to find these chemical. Stimulants, trying to stimulate energy, as opposed to, yeah, you know, your body can't process all that stuff. As opposed to what, what you and I were designed to operate on is the grace of God. <laughs> I mean, what's the side effects of grace? You smiling all the time? Successful? peaceful you're sleeping at night all the way through you start losing weight hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 all right let, let me give you just a little more and then I'll I'll quit here I'll quit I'm all time let's go to one one last place one last place one last main section I should say Ephesians 6.10, Ephesians 6.10, finally, so we probably should end there because it said finally, huh? Finally, pastor, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. Be strong the Lord in the power of his might. Now, I'm talking about whatever you're doing is drawing your strength from grace and not from your natural resources or unnatural resources. You know, we we kind of condition ourselves you know, I need, I need some strength. I need, let, me, let me let me eat the Snickers bar. <laughs> Come on, you all looking to be crazy. <laughs> Snickers bar, why? Cause I, I'm trying to get a sugar rush. <laughs> <laughs> Snickers bar and pep. You driving on the, on the interstate, you know, light, late at night. D you used to have my whole whole cooler full of sodas, <laughs> candy and everything. Right? Why? Why? Because I'm, you're trying to find some natural. Or some alternative means to get you some strength. Trust me, I'm not condemning anybody about this. We learn you pull over and get some ice cream or something. just But we're trying to find how to draw our strength from grace. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Remember, he never faints, nor does he grow weary. He has glorious, unlimited resources. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now let me go to, give me the Amplified Classic on this same verse here. Ephesians 6, to Amplified Classic. I want you all to read, read this with me. Ready? Read. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him, Draw your strength, that strength which his boundless might provides. Draw your strength, draw your strength, oh gosh, draw your strength, I don't know if I can make it, well no, not on you, but draw your strength from him that strength which his boundless might provides. So notice it's telling us there's a strength available to us and it's boundless resources that we can draw on it. When we draw on it, that means it, 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 it comes from him, enters and fills us so we can make it so we never have to get burnt out ever, ever, ever again. All right, y'all got it? So God never meant for us to run on our own strength because our own strength will run out, okay? God's grace, he gives us grace, which is a renewable energy to do what he called us to do. Let's go, uh, two more scriptures. We, I'm gonna read two more scriptures and we're done. Uh, Philippians 2.13, Philippians 2.13. 2, remember, we're drawn from his strength, right? We're looking for our purpose. Remember, I'm, I'm gonna get into that here soon about our purpose and our assignment and our destiny, right? For it is God who works in you both to will and to do, so we see he works in us. He works in us. So we if you think it works in us, we've kind of taught I know even I've taught it and just thought hes just kind of you know kind of mess with your mind, like okay, try, trying to get you to okay work, you know trying to get you you know keeps talking to you, whispering you know. Okay. But let's, let's look at that same verse, because remember the word it works, he works in you. works. So let's look at Philippians 2:13, the message translation. Message translation. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in response. Is this the same verse? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Because this, I, they put it all together. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up better yet. Reduce or uh, redouble your efforts. Now watch this. This is this is verse 13 that, that we just read. Be energetic. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. Now, here it is. Remember, he works in us. That energy is God's energy. Come on. an energy deep within you, God himself willing and working at what will give him. So that energy is God's energy deep within you. He works in you. So works in you doesn't just mean like he's just trying to talk to you and whisper little things at the nighttime. It means he's actually putting an energy, putting a grace in you to will and to do what's going to please him. That's right. He's putting. He's he's energizing you. He's giving you. He's he's giving you the inner uh, motivation and the inner the inner um, um, uh, drive and the inner. Uh, Uh, Ability, the inner, the inner wisdom, the inner energy, to do what He's called you to do. He's not just talking to you; He's putting something in you. The more time you and I spend with Him, the more we begin to sense something in us. Hallelujah! I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. That what people used to say back in the old days, God's giving me a burden to do something. It's not a burden he's giving you. He's giving you energy. It's not a burden. He doesn't put burdens on us. He puts an energy. And you start feeling, you know, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something. Y'all got it? All right. I got two minutes. One last place. First Corinthians 15 verse 10. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. We saw this earlier in this series. Paul says this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. How? By the grace of God. I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. I, I outworked all of them, yet not I but the grace of God, which was with me. So he says, I outworked everybody. So I, I think, I, I see on the Baker, in sports you can outwork, see, the one who outworked everybody is the one who wins. Well, I, I don't have enough energy to outwork everybody. If you tap into grace, you can outwork everybody. Because it won't be you doing the work, it'll be grace. Are y'all getting this here? He said, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was, which was with me. Now, let's look at this in the uh, messenger. We'll we'll close out. It's probably going to jump. Yeah, okay, thank you. It starts right at the beginning. But because God was so gracious, so very generous, here I am, and I'm not about to let this grace go to waste. Don't let it go to waste. He says, haven't I worked hard trying to do more than any of the others? Even then, my work, my work didn't amount to all that much. Because here's why. It was God giving me the work to do, God giving me the energy to do it. It was God giving me the work to do, and God giving me the energy to do it. That's what happens when you get God's grace. He doesn't just give you the work, the purpose, the assignment. He gives you the energy to do it. So we can never use an excuse with God that God, I just I just can't do this anymore. I just God I don't want, No, no, because because he said, wait a minute, if I give it give it to you, I give you energy, I give you the energy, I give you the grace. In fact, I give you exceeding grace. I give you more than enough grace to do it all. To do it all. The problem is, the issue is is we're hybrid. We're hybrid, like hybrid cars. Hybrid cars can run on fuel, gas, or electric. And the problem is that if we, if we try to run on just, on just the, the, the natural, we're going to run out. But if we switch over to run on the renewable energy source, we'll never run out, never get burnt out. We can stay in the race. We can be like Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I have kept the faith. See? And we want to be able to say that. The Bible says be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Well, how am I going to keep going? How am I going to keep, stay steadfast? How am I going to keep doing this when all kind of hell is breaking loose against me? It's grace. It's the energy that comes from God. That's how we're going to do it. Y'all got it? Did that bless anybody tonight? Why don't you give Father God a big hand of praise if you receive that word tonight? Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Now, I didn't have time to finish all this, but uh, praise is one of the ways that you stay connected to the renewable energy. Because one thing you got to do is stay in joy. There it is, yes, sir. There it is. There it is. You want to stay connected? You got to stay humble. Stay in the Word. Stay in faith. Stay in joy. That's right. You got to stay humble. He gives grace to the humble. Yes. You got to stay in the word, because the word, if His grace, can build you up. Yes. You got to stay in faith, because by faith we access grace. Yes. And you got to stay in joy, because joy is what helps your faith. Yes. So that's why I pray. If you ever feel like you're about to run out, Praise. is you start praising God. Yes. Yes. You better get that. If you feel like you're about to run out, you better start praising God. Because praising God, how many of y'all, uh, I know we never drove them, none of us ever rode in them, but when, the, when those Model T's first came out, Ford Model T's back in the early 1900s, uh, they didn't just have this like push start we have today, you just push a little button. They, they'd go to the front of the car and get a, a hand crank. And they'd crank that to get that car to finally, finally crank up. Your, your, your praise is a crank that'll get your, it'll energize. See, that, that's why this, this praise worship is so important, ladies and gentlemen. And That's why the devil goes, out, goes after that first. He, just, he tries to get you out of, you and me out of our praise. Because that's where our joy comes from. And joy strengthens our, strengthens our faith. And by faith we access grace. By grace we stand. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, tonight, thank you for the word. Thank you for those who've heard. I pray that, Father, each person tonight would uh, switch over to this renewable energy of grace. Think of that, Father, it is that grace that is in us, that grace that you've given to us, that grace that is at work in us, which makes you able to do exceeding a bundle above all we can ask or think. That gives us the ability to go farther than we ever imagined. Gives us the ability to do more than we ever thought we could do, Father. Gives us the ability, Father, to, to even think on a greater level. to Lord, to imagine and see on a greater level, God. Thank you for that grace that you've given us on the inside, God, to help us endure, to help us outlast. Every bit of warfare, every bit of adversity from the enemy because the devil wants to stop us and keep us from reaching, Lord, I expect expected end. But we know that, Father, that we must get there and you will get us there because you give us the energy that we need to get there. And I pray that, God, your people, that we will step into that place where we never, ever run out. We never, ever have to quit again because, Lord, we are walking in grace. I pray grace for every spouse tonight. Grace for every parent. I pray grace tonight for every minister, every teacher of the gospel. I pray grace for every everyone, Lord, who's, who's serving in, in the ministry in any place. I pray grace tonight, Father, upon every business owner and upon every, every employee. I pray, pray grace tonight upon every person who's, who's involved in sports and, and arts, and whatever you've given your people to do. Father, I thank you that, that, God, we all tap into that grace that is available to us, ability, wisdom, and energy from you that will make us above only and not beneath, the head not, and not the tail, oh God, that will cause us to be, Lord, the most prominent people because we are walking in the grace that comes from you, almighty God. We thank you for it. We give you praise for it tonight. In Jesus' name, amen amen. And amen. Come on, give God a praise again tonight for the word. Praise the Lord. Well, I pray that you've been blessed by this. I, I think we've reached the end of this series here on Grace.